0: Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Man, thank you, Pastor Justin. What a wonderful spirit of the Lord. What a wonderful bunch of believers here. What a wonderful body of saints here, of the Lord. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word tonight. We're going to stay in that flow. We're going to stay in that vein, Father, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, as your word comes forth tonight, Lord, oh, man, just bless that word. Bless the word. You bless the word. And I just thank you for it, Father. Thank you just for letting me be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And we just receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. How many here know there's a cause? I mean, hallelujah. If we could just put Mark 16 up. Mark 16, um, verses uh, 15 to 18. There is a cause. There is a cause. We're talking about the good fight of faith. There is a cause. Remember World War II? We were studying back in that history there. The whole nation was brought up to, um, to fight that cause. The seniors, the young, everybody, they were, you know, they were rationing out gas. They were rationing out food. Everybody had some part. The ladies were going and actually working labor, you know, building fighters, building tanks. There was a cause. I mean, there was a cause, right? There is a cause. And if we look at the Great Commission, if we go to to Mark chapter 16, and I'll just head on over there. Mark chapter 16. Pastor Justin, what a, what a wonderful set of prayer we started with in there. There is a cause. The Lord is wanting to reach the community. He's wanting to make himself known. And he has decided to do it through you, the body of Christ, the church. Mark 16, verse 15. And he says unto them, Go you into all the world. Who is he talking to? Go you into all. He's talking to all. We, how many disciples were there when he went up. But that word is supposed to come down to us. We're supposed to go into all the world, right? There's a good fight of faith. There's a good cause that we're supposed to be doing this, right? And preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. But he that doesn't believe, he's damned, right? The Lord's already set it in motion, hasn't he? He's given the choice to us, hasn't he? We got the choice. We can receive or, or not receive it. It's just as simple as that. He put it back in our hands to receive, right? Hallelujah. And these signs shall follow them that believe. And Pastor Justin was just praying about that. In my name, who's going to cast out the sick? Who's going to, I mean, cast out the devil? Who's going to speak with new tongues? Who's going to do that? We are, that's right, the body of Christ, the believers. We are, we're going to go do that, right? Do that. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So is the Great Commission for every Christian? It is, isn't it? It's for everybody, isn't it? And i spent time with the Holy Spirit over the weekend just compiling these questions, these notes. So I'm just going to ask you a lot of questions. And just let the Holy Spirit just talk to your heart while I do this. Does Jesus need you? Now think about it. Does Jesus need you? I mean, all my life I've been taught I need Jesus, and I do. I need Jesus. But on the other hand, Jesus needs us. I mean, take a look out there. He needs us. Jesus needs you. He needs everyone, doesn't he? Are you empowered with the name of Jesus and his authority? He just talked about it, going out and using his authority, right? Is Jesus sending us out without weapons? I mean, we're talking about a combat situation here. Is he sending us out there unarmed? Think about it. No, he isn't, is he? He's telling us to do combat different than the way the world and the devil does it, but he's not sending us out unarmed, is he? We've got the fruit of the Spirit. We've been born again. We've been baptized in the Holy Ghost, right? Hallelujah. we got weapons. We've got the name of Jesus. we got authority, right? So it's not like we're going out unarmed. We're just not fighting the way the devil fights. And it ain't a fair fight to the devil. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. So are you and I his body in the earth? We are his body in the earth, isn't he? Jesus is the head. We are the body, right? Hallelujah. So we're his ambassadors, aren't we? And because Jesus is the head, but we are the body, are we partakers of that anointing? Yeah. Oh man, and Pastor Justin was talking about people coming in here and getting convicted. Us going out and taking the word in the streets and the word being effective. And that anointing following us, hallelujah. There is a cause, isn't there? So we've been talking about how to fight the good fight of faith. And in week number one, Trey was talking about how to fight the good fight of faith. And how he said this when he started, he said, God wants to take us to another level. Man, that excites me. Because every time I read the kingdom of heaven, every time I get in the Bible, it's always advancing. It's always going forward. Yeah, we hold our ground because we advance and then we hold, then we advance and then we hold. But we're supposed to be taking ground. I I like this picture because when Jesus when I was praying with the Holy Spirit, Jesus was like, Tell him, I need you. I need you. It's not us. We're not in the fort. Okay, the devil's the one pinned down. We got him pinned down. Okay, we're the ones that are supposed to be advancing. We're supposed to be the ones that take him and throw him out of his positions. Hallelujah. So let's go to our chapter that we're going to be using. It's in Timothy. We're going to go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. And we're going to go to verse 11. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11. And as we go there, you can say this, Jesus needs me. Jesus needs me. I mean, think about that. Hallelujah. He needs us. Our commander-in-chief needs us. So if we go to 1 Timothy, right before Hebrews, we go to the sixth chapter, and we go to verse 11, we're going to go to our founding scripture. God wants to take us to another level, right? He wants us to fight the good fight of faith. And in verse 11, he's saying, But thou, O man of God, flee these things. Now, we talked about covetousness and the love of money and how it can ruin a person, right? It's not money that's bad. It's combining your, a, a person combining covetousness with money. That's what makes it bad, right? But he goes into this. He says, we're supposed to follow after righteousness, knowing who we are in Christ Jesus. And that was coming out of Pastor Justin as he was getting to the tail end of praying here. Who we are in Christ Jesus, who our authority is. We have right standing with God now. Hallelujah. We're supposed to be godly, right? Godliness. We're supposed to be holy. We're supposed to be setting the example for the world, right? We're supposed to be separated from the world. And hey, we're supposed to be walking by faith. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Oh, man. And then it's supposed to work by love. And Pastor Justin talked about that last Wednesday, about how love is the whole fundamentals for this, right? And then patience and meekness. Now, we'll get into meekness a little bit later on. But I want you to see verse 12 now. Fight the good fight of faith. So the fight of faith is, it's a good faith, right? It's a good fight. I mean, it's a good fight, right? It's a good fight. And lay hold. Now, we talked last week about laying hold. Okay, and he talked about love and about laying hold. All right, let's lay hold on eternal life. What is eternal life? John chapter 17, verse 3, what's eternal life? That we might know him, right? Be intimate with him, know him. The Father in Jesus and Jesus and us, alive, all of us together as one, right? Hallelujah. Taking that out on the streets, taking that into your home, taking that everywhere you go in your workplace, hallelujah. That's what eternal life is, right? Now, the benefit of eternal life is you get to live forever. Right, That's just part of it. But eternal life is your relationship. That relationship with life. That relationship with love. That relationship with light. Christianity is about relationship, isn't it? That's what the word Christian means. I see Christ in you. Isn't what they told Peter and John? You've been hanging out with Jesus. That's how they got their name. That's how Christians got their name. Hey, Christ is in these guys. I see him in these men and women. That, that's powerful, isn't it? Powerful. So let's lay hold on to eternal life. We're unto thou art also called. We have a calling. We have a calling. Ephesians chapter 1, right? The Lord has preordained us. He's predestined us, right? To be holy, blameless, right? In the eyes of God, spotless, right? Hallelujah for grace. Hallelujah. Walking in that authority. Walking where Jesus has called us to be. Hallelujah. And has professed a good profession, profession before many witnesses. Professing. And that was the one thing we learned how to fight a good fight of faith in week number one, our mouth, right? Our mouth. And uh, Trey went into Revelations and talks about how when Jesus speaks, swords come out, right, of his mouth, right? And we learn how the word of God is quick, it's sharp, right? It divides it. Man, it does, I mean, it works for the brain, it works for the body, it works for the spirit realm. I mean, the word of God is it. And we know that the world's framed by the word of God, right? Everything, matter, everything, time and space, it all revolves around the word of God. Hallelujah. So it's important that our words line up with Jesus' word. And that's what we talked about in the first week, wasn't it? And um, just like Jesus said, or not Jesus, but the Holy Spirit talking about the the word of God in Isaiah 55 was saying that, you know, water comes down from heaven, right? Snow comes down, waters the earth. It doesn't come back up and evaporate until it's done what it's supposed to do, right? And so he says that my ways, my thoughts, that's how my ways are. That's how my thoughts are. They're not like man's ways. Right. So what we need to do is get the kingdom of heaven to move on earth. Right. So we need to get his words. Right. Because he says, my words will do what they say they're supposed to do. If I speak it, I know it's going to come back. It's going to accomplish to do exactly what I told it to do. So we need to get our minds saturated with his word. I mean, literally, we need to be brainwashed in his word, right? Because that's the way our mind was designed, wasn't it? Because there's TV, there's other teachers out there, there's other vines out there that people want you to connect to, that that they want you to get in so that you can mold your mind into that thinking. So hallelujah. And then so as we're we're going along, Jesus is our example then on how to carry on the good fight of faith. If we look at verse 13, Paul says something really wonderful. And I used to be a little kid. I used to watch the movies about knights, you know. And you'd go in before the king, and he'd take the sword, and he would knight you, right? And all these witnesses would be standing around. You'd get some kind of mandate. You'd get some kind of letter from the king or some be charged with something for the king to go out and do something. Here's Paul telling Timothy, I give thee charge in the sight of God, who quickens, who makes alive, right, all things, and before Christ Jesus, the anointed one in his anointing, risen from the dead, right, who's seated, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession. Now, I want you to think about that. Jesus was whipped. He was tortured, Right. And he stood there, the pressure when he was in the garden, he was pressured so much. Can you imagine being pressured so much that sweat is just pouring down from your face and then blood is mixing in with it? The the pressure and the vice that must have been on him. Sometimes we think we go through pressure. Can you imagine the pressure that Jesus went through? And yet he did it all. He stood there and he did it. He stood before Pontius Pilate. He said, I come to bear witness of the truth. And Pilate kind of laughs at him. What is the truth? Um, there's religions out there, and uh, as I focused on this, there's religions out there, folk. Everybody knows thou shalt not murder. Everybody knows thou shalt not, you know, steal, covet, you know, adultery. Everybody knows that, but nobody has the power to break darkness, right? Knowledge of sin does not set you free from sin, right? You need power. You need life. You need light. And Pilate didn't understand that, but Jesus stood there and held his ground. And um, what a testimony that was, that he finished his course— And we talked about that last week, about finishing our course. So remember this, that in a pressure-filled environment before Pilate, and he sweated and all that, Jesus didn't change, did he? He fought the good fight of faith. Now, we fight the good fight of faith with the Word of God, just like Jesus. And in Hebrews chapter 3, Hebrews chapter 3, and I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures tonight, but you need to hear them. In Hebrews chapter 3, you just go a few pages over. okay? Verse 1, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. So where is Jesus right now? What's he doing right now? He's seated up in the heavens, right? Do you have have someone praying for you right now? Oh, man, think about that. You got somebody up in heaven who's watching over the words of our mouth, making sure that if we're speaking his will, speaking his word, right, that they happen, right? And he's interceding for us. I mean, that gets me excited that Jesus is up there interceding for me. One time I had this dream. I, I kid you not. I'm intimate with the Lord. I'm praying, okay? And I'm walking up, and I see this guy praying, and I'm walking up, and I walk it up. And I. And this was when President Bush was in office. And he turns around, and he looks at me, and I'm like, man, that's the president. I woke up from that dream, and I was like, Lord, what, what kind of, what was that? And I was like, man, that's Jesus. He was representing Jesus, okay? Jesus was showing me that he's praying for me. Man, I got so excited when I read that in Hebrews chapter 3. So you have someone that cares for you right now. So how many people know there's a cause in the good fight of faith? There's a right fight, right? This is the right fight. How many people know that you have a choice, right? You can choose to participate in the good fight of faith. I choose to participate. I know you all have chosen to participate. So how do you lose your faith? And we talked about that. We, you don't really kind of think about the title, How You Lose Your Faith, but Pastor Justin talked about that last week, and we studied this. You know, and he said, what are you contending for? Right? The enemy's going to come after you, but what are you contending for? Right? Is, there, is there an enemy right trying to hold you back? There is, isn't there? Faith lays hold. It possesses God. Right? God, in your heart, love, right? Faith lays hold. And Pastor Justin said two things last week, right? And I wrote them down. You guys got your, your pens and your notebooks? You write these things down, right? And then you go home and you meditate on them, right? He said, for, number one, you got to guard what you've already been given, okay? you got to guard what you've been given, huh? Where have we read that before? Proverbs chapter 4, my son, right. my daughter, attend to my words, right? Incline your ear to my saying, right? Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your hearts, right? Get them in your ears, right? For their life to those that find them. And then he talks about a forward mouth. Watch your confessions, right? Don't go to the left or to the right, right? Guard that, right? Guard that's what's in your heart. And then number two, possess what has already been promised. Oh, man. So let's go to John 15. Let's go to John chapter 15. Because when I prayed to the Holy Spirit, when he first started going into this message, and Pastor Justin was talking and Trey was talking, Holy Spirit kept bringing me back to John chapter 15. And I'm going to look at verse 1. I am the vine. I'm the true vine, actually. And my father is a husband. And that means there's other vines out there, folks. There's other vines out there. Think about it. There's other vines. There's other people out there trying to tell you. They're trying to mold your thoughts, mold what you're thinking. Okay. So what are you connected to? And that's really serious. Really serious. What are you connected to, right? So I'm the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch of me that bears not fruit, he takes away. But every branch that does, he's going to prune it, right, so that it can produce fruit. Hey, Pastor Justin, talking in prayer today, coming out of me, God wants to produce fruit. And I was getting excited because we're going to get into this right now. You are clean through my word, right, which I have spoken unto you. Verse 4 and 5. Abide in me and I in you. Because a branch can't bear fruit by itself. Can it? It has to abide on the vine. Right? No more than can you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He that abides in me and I am him. The same will bring forth much fruit. For without me you can't do nothing. Verse 6, if a man abides not in me, he is cast forth like a branch. He withers, men gather them, they cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Verse 7, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you. There we go, good fight of faith, right? You abide in me, my words abide in you, right? You shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. Hallelujah. There's a good fight of faith wrapped up in a way that I got excited about it. And that's why I say that. Does Jesus need you? Think about it. Without a branch, a vine cannot produce. It's not going to produce fruit. Jesus needs us. I mean, do you know how excited I got when I, I started running around my house when I started running? I was like, wait a second, Jesus, without us, without me, you can't really move in the earth. Jesus has decided That the good fight of faith is going to be done through us. Us taking his words. Us being intimate with him and allowing him to let the Father move through us and go into the earth. I mean, to me, that just got excited. I'm just the branch, right? Jesus, you do all the work. So if Jesus tells me to go lay my hands on somebody, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just going to do what he said and just say the words he told me to say. He's the one that's going to do the power. He's the one that's going to get the glory. All I got to do is put his words in my mouth and just have faith and trust him. I got excited. I mean, get excited, guys. Jesus needs you. Remember Uncle Sam standing there? Right. With all those with that big old hat on. He's like, I want you. Right. Jesus wants you. He wants you to be fighting that good fight of faith. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So you must finish your course. Oh, man, this is this is a race, isn't it, guys? This is this is serious business here. We're going to live for eternity, right? Eternity starts now, doesn't it? I used to think it started when you die, but actually it starts now, doesn't it? We need to finish our course. And it's by grace, isn't it? Through faith, right, that we fight the fight that we do in life, right? The devil doesn't want you to win. And this is funny, but the devil is afraid of you. Man, can you, when you put the armor of Christ on, right, you put that visor down and you start speaking the name of Jesus, who does he see? He sees Jesus. He doesn't know any difference. All it's the Word of God coming at him. It's Jesus coming at him, right? Isn't that exciting? I get, hey Jesus, I'm gonna wear your armor all the time. Amen. Walk around that. He's afraid of you, and a believer that knows their authority and who they are in Christ Jesus, fighting that good fight of faith, man. And I remember Jesus saying something in Matthew 11. um, Verse 12, about how the violent take it by force. That's where I started learning about the kingdom of heaven's always advancing. It's always taking ground. It's always going. It's always moving, right? It's always going forward, right? We take it. The devil's not going to give it in. He's not going to give in unless you take it from him, right? I mean, seriously, if you stop and think about it. Because, I mean, I thought this was really cute one time when I was just uh, meditating with the Lord, that there's a police officer out there and he's not doing his job. Are, there, are the criminals going to stop from doing criminal activities? No, they're going to keep doing it. Do you think they're going to walk up to the police officer? Here, Mr. Police Officer, I stole this. No, unless the Holy Spirit shines on them and knocks him off like he did Paul, right? On the road to Damascus. But no, he's not going to do it. You got to take your authority. Otherwise, the devil's just going to run rampant, right? So it is. It's a fight. It's a good fight of faith. And we know that the Bible says we just got to keep doing it until Jesus comes till he comes, right? So this is a cause. This is a fight. This is a war. I was in the parking lot at the Pentagon one time working in the morning shift, so I got there early, so I'd get a parking lot, parking place. And uh, so I would spend time with the Lord for about 30 minutes before I'd walk in there. And I remember, man, Lord, when I... When I was getting into faith and learning, all this, man, this faith stuff, man, it's a lot of work, Lord. I said, why can't it be easy, you know? I just started you know, feeling sorry for myself when, during that time. But I learned a lot as I would sit in the car and meditate on it. We just got to do this till Jesus comes. But, you know, with each step that you take, right, with each level that you go, faith to faith, glory to glory, right, it gets easier. It does. It gets easier. You have to maintain it, right? But once you get that speed built up, it doesn't take as much to keep the speed going, and um, so I'm a lot more happy now where I'm at. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. But, you know, you think about it. I mean, thank you, Lord, for giving us the ability to wear your name, to wear your ring, to wear your, your jacket, your coat, you know, yeah. and, and to be ambassadors of your name. Hallelujah. What a joy. What a privilege. So now I'm not ashamed anymore. I'm not afraid anymore, you know. Amen. Hallelujah. Hold fast, that's what we're gonna be talking about tonight. Holding fast. I'm a military guy. Some of you guys have been in the military. What does hold fast mean? You hold your ground, you don't come back alive, right? The enemy ain't gonna get it. What did General McAuliffe say when the Germans in the Battle of Bulge came to him? And they came up, the one major came up with his lieutenant, and they blindfolded him, and they brought him up, right? And so they, they got the word and they sent it to the one of the commanders that was sitting there, so they, they raided it up to headquarters. General McAuliffe is asleep, right? They wake him up, they say, Hey, the Germans just brought in a message, right? And so he reads it, he's kind of groggy, he wakes up and he reads it, he thinks the Germans are surrendering and his one aide said no look at it closer they want us to surrender and he says uh, nuts yeah he said nuts and so they're trying to decide how to respond back to them because the German major wants to have an affirmative or a non affirmative right answer and they, they want to have a, a type of message back from their commander so he's asking his staff and they're all laughing they said sir we like what you said nuts so he just said all right from the commander nuts and then he said, "Send it to the Germans." And when the Germans got it, they looked at, him, "What does nuts mean?" You know, because they had them surrounded, you know. But it's like, "Hey, I'm not giving up battle. The, the battle, right? I'm not giving up, devil. I'm not giving up my ground. Nuts, right? Nuts. Okay, tell the devil, nuts. You mean you're going to stand on that belief that you're healed? You're going to stand on your belief that the Lord's prospering you? You're going to stand on that belief of the life of an abundant lifestyle? Yeah, nuts, devil, nuts. I ain't giving up. I mean, what do you do with a bunch of soldiers like that? That ain't going to give ground. They wound up losing that fight, didn't they? They wound up losing the war. They wound up losing the offensive. See, the enemy was making an offensive, trying to take back ground. But they couldn't take this one area of ground because they wouldn't move, right? So they try to do doubt, bring doubt, but they won't move, will they? Nuts. Hallelujah, Lord. So Hebrews 11, 6. Without faith, it's impossible to please the Lord, Right? For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he's a warder of those that diligently seek him. I love telling this to the guys when I go into the prisons to get to minister them. I say, guys, you've got to believe that God is who he says he is. You've got to believe the word of God, that if you read it, it's going to change your life. You've got to believe that you can activate it, you can use it. You've got to believe it'll get you out of here. You've got to believe it'll change your life. You've got to believe that if I do these things, I'm going to get what it says I'm going to get, right? And if you can believe that, there it is, because what's in Hebrews 11? It's the Hall of Fame of Faith. So do we have other people in the Bible that have done this, that have taken the Word of God and used it for the fight of faith? Yes, Daniel, Joseph. I mean, the list goes on, right? Hallelujah, thank you, Lord. We are empowered to carry on this fight. So when God's words and promises become real to you on the inside, that's when things will begin to change on the outside. And I remember a long time ago, I was asking the Holy Spirit this because I was angry at myself and angry at the world because I got myself in such a big mess. But one of the things I did is, is I began to fast, okay? I began to fast. I used to watch sports three hours a night, right? Baseball channel, football channel, basketball channel. I mean, that's all I did, okay? And um, I was only giving Jesus and the Bible maybe 10 minutes of the day, right? Well, what kind of love formula is that, you know? And so um, I wound up fasting. And when I began to fast, the Word of God became real on the inside of me. And that's when Hebrews 11, 6 started to to open my eyes and wake me up. Oh, I get it, Lord. The more I get into this Word, the more I tend to it, the more I begin to believe it. And as I pray in the Holy Ghost, as we were saying, the more it begins to build you up, right? I mean, these are just the simple steps, but man, it's so powerful, right? Man, yes, Lord. So things began to change. And in 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18... Paul's talking about light afflictions, right? Light afflictions. And I read what Paul did, shipwrecked, beat, you know, and I mean, they beat these guys till they were almost dead, right? Robbed, stripped naked, all these things that were going on in his life. And he called these things light afflictions, right? But he started talking about, are we looking at the seen or are we looking at the unseen, you know? Are you looking at what's going on around you? Are you being moved by what's going on around you? Or are you influencing your life with what's going on in the spirit realm? Right? Because that's powerful, isn't it? Because that's when I heard from Dr. Savell things are subject to change. So we know that the things that we look at are temporal. Oh, hallelujah. Man, that just really opened my eyes. I was like, oh, I get it. So are we looking at the problem and the good fight of faith, or are we looking at the solution, right? All right, here we go. Pressure. Pressure is going to put the squeeze on you, right? on your mind situation is going to start putting on the squeeze, right? devil wants to see what you're made out of, right? It's going to happen. The squeeze is going to come. It was on Jesus, wasn't it? And that really impressed me because I thought, man, Jesus, he was tempted just like we were, right? He was our prototype. He showed us how to do it. So I was just like, yeah, Luke chapter 4, man, devil puts the squeeze on me. I just come back and respond with the word. The Lord will give it to me. One word from God will change our life, right? Hallelujah. So I just get in the presence of the Lord, right? Things may not be going the way you pictured them, right? So now I'm a little bit more careful when I put a dream or a goal out there. I say, Lord, I know this is what you want for me. I know this is what you want me to do. But I'm going to trust you that you're going to take me and get me there. That's how I'm going to get there. I just know you're going to do it. Lord's going to get me a house. Lord's going to get me this. I don't know how you're going to do it, Lord. I just know you're going to get me there. I just trust you enough to know that you're going to take me step by step to get me there. So now I make the word in my confession be my vision, okay? Now I got a vision board. Don't get me wrong. I put things up that the Holy Spirit told me to put up there. But I'm not going to paint a picture of how I think God's going to do it. That's the big one right there. Because when I started painting a picture about how I thought God was going to lead me or, or get me to that place, things started then going that way. Now what tries to happen? Depression, discouragement tries, discouragement tries to come in because it's not going the way I think it should. And I asked the Lord for forgiveness. I said, man, forgive me, Lord. It's like, I get it. You told me to put this vision up there and I got it. But I'm supposed to stay focused on the word. I'm supposed to stay focused in my relationship. The love that Pastor Justin was talking about. I'm supposed to stay in that intimate love relationship with you. And then you'll tell me, right? The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Then you'll tell me what steps to take, right? He's got a million ways to get it to you, right? So I'm not going to tell him how to do it. I'm just going to trust him, okay? So are we walking the talk, but not really walking the walk? Or are we talking the problem? Like I said, instead of the answer, it's easy when you're in church, isn't it? (laughs) It's easy when you're around a lot of other believers, isn't it? But man, when you're out there alone and that pressure's on, and I remember what Job said, how forceful are right words, you know? And I remember reading in Proverbs um, chapter 15, getting in there like verse 22 or 23, 24, somewhere in there, where it talked about, you know, joy comes from the response of a man's mouth. Okay, Lord, I'm going to make myself get joyful in the name of Jesus. in those pressure situations, right? And then it says, oh, oh the right word spoken in due season at the right time. How powerful that is. Oh, man, now I'm really going to get in the word of God. Because I want, I like what Brother Copeland said. I'm going to wait till I'm qualified to speak, right? So I'm going to get in the presence of the Lord. Because one word from God, one word from the Holy Spirit telling you what to say. in this situation is going to change everything, right? So I stay in that presence. I get out of that pressure zone by entering into the Lord. So how does the devil fight? And what are the weapons that he uses? He's going to use your thoughts. So we're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. So I'm going to get over there myself. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 and 7. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, man. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the good fight of faith. Hallelujah. I am so happy to be your representative. I am so happy you want to produce fruit through me. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter 10. I'm going to look at verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, though we live in this earth, right? And we live in this earthly body. We don't war after the flesh. That should catch your attention right there. There's a different way of approaching things. There's a different way of speaking to things. There's a different way of thinking. When you get born again, it's a totally new way of life. You have to renew how to walk. You have to renew how to talk. You have to renew how to think. So I had to learn all these things from the Bible, and that's where I got them from. So hallelujah. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, are they? (laughs) Sometimes we'd like them to be carnal, but they're not. So we're not unarmed, are we? It's mighty through God by the pulling down of strongholds, right? Take no thought, saying. Jesus said you take your thoughts by... We serve our thoughts. We take them by speaking, right? So I, I caught on me when I was reading that in Matthew. Why take you thought and say... You know, and it really caught me when he was talking about that. We cast down in verse five. We cast down imaginations. We cast down everything that's high, that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God, against his promises and his word, right? We got to bring them into captivity. That's a powerful statement. And then he goes on here, and when, he, when we look at verse seven, he says, Do you look on the things after the outward appearance? So I think about Adam and Eve, I think about them in the garden, right? And how the devil got to them, right? He got them to doubt, didn't he? Think about that. Adam was like Jesus, right? I mean, he's walking with God. He's talking with God. He's been anointed by God, right? What should Adam have done? I've always thought about that. I know Eve was deceived, right? But what should Adam have done when he saw that going on? He said, whoa, wait a second. He should have taken authority, right? He should have said to the snake, what should he have done to the snake? Get Whatever's going you know, Devil, get out of him. Whatever's going on, right? He should have done that, shouldn't he? And then he should have brought Eve. They should have came before the Lord and said, Man, Lord, there's a little mistake happened here, you know. What, what do you need us to do in that situation? But Adam was in that position, wasn't he? He was the leader. He was responsible. He was in that position. He had a choice to make. And so what did he do? He disconnected from God, and he connected to the devil. And that's when all that fruit of evil and the fallen state of man came in, and the fear came in, right? So I thought about that of what Adam should have done, huh? So we got to cast those thoughts down, don't we? So the devil—that's how the devil fights. He never changes his thoughts, does he? What John chapter ten, verse ten, right? The enemy comes to steal the word in your heart, right? To kill. Whatever it is that's been planted in there, right? And then he wants to destroy. He wants to put his foot on your neck so that you can never get up again, right? And, I mean, that's how he operates, right? Gets you to doubt the word. Well, did the Lord really say this? Well, does he really mean you're supposed to be healed? Well, does he really mean you're supposed to have this, you know? We're supposed to hold fast. We're supposed to hold our ground. We're supposed to say to the devil, nuts, you know, nuts. I'm going to stand my ground, right? So the, the devil's tr- going to try to get you to loosen, right? He's going to try to get you open-minded about the Word of God. And he'll come with those questions. So it comes down to this. Is wavering means you're winning in the kingdom of heaven? Oh, man, I really had to go. You know, James was talking about a man being tossed back and forth, you know. So if we're wavering, what happens? We start to get tossed, right, back and forth, right? So wavering is not a kingdom principle, is it? You're gonna lose if you start to waver. So we can't waver. We just have to hold our ground and stand. And I've done this in the past. If I'm waiting for something, And it just seems like it's not happening. I I get humble before the Lord. I start asking forgiveness, Lord. I think I'm am I missing it somewhere, right? What am I doing that's wrong? So I start checking my confessions. I start checking my time. Do I need to fast again and spend time with you, right, Lord? Do I just need to get away with you and get quiet with you? What's going on, Lord? I know I'm missing it somewhere. I know you're not missing it. So there must be something that I'm doing. So I get humble before the Lord, and that's the lead in that. I want us to talk about as we go to uh, we never did get to go to First Peter yet. Did I bring us over there. We didn't go over to First Peter yet. Let's uh, First Peter chapter five. First Peter chapter 5. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you Jesus. Thank you for this wonderful body of believers. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. In the military, I've, been, I've always been an instructor in the military. When I was in the Army, it was it was the FIN-92 Alpha Stinger man's pad Missile, right? So I taught infantrymen how to use the Stinger Missile, right? That little missile had a good kick in it, man. It could knock down just about any aircraft it had, right? had a wonderful heat seeker in it. And I, I was the ace about aircraft recognition. I could tell an airplane miles away what it was, you know? You know, because you need to know the right airplane. You don't want to be shooting down your friends, right? So, so... So I would teach these guys you know what to look for high wing low wing you know or are you looking at the real airplane or are you not right and, uh, and then when I got into the Air Force, you know was a trainers on teaching people how to how to work the, the nuclear missiles and and how to go in there so Training's always just been fun with me. That's why I always like to talk to people and tell them how to get into the aggressive Man, when that pressure comes on you, man, just get into the Lord. Now, when you first start praising the Lord, you ain't going to feel like it, are you? Your body's not going to feel like it. Man, your mind's going to be racing a hundred miles an hour, right? So what I got to do is I got to get myself, Jesus says, the cares of the world begin to choke you, right? And you can't hear from God. And it just chokes out the word that's in you. All right, Lord, so i got to get in a position. Sometimes it takes me five minutes. Sometimes it takes me an hour. But somewhere in that praise and thanksgiving, oh, it breaks. Somewhere in there, the pressure breaks. Okay, now God can talk to me. Now I can hear from the Lord. Now I've entered into his presence. Now I'm praising him. Now I'm praying to him, right? So now I'm in that spot. So sometimes it may take you a while to get there, but make sure you get to that spot because you want to be able to hear from God, right? Because we've got to make sure the words that are coming out of our mouth are the right words. Because that's what the devil's going to act on, right? So in 1 Peter chapter 5, we look at verse 6. We gotta humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Okay? So that He can exalt us in due time. I was a, I'm the kind of person that tries to do it on my own. I like to do it on my own. I've always done everything myself. I was a specialist in the Air Force. They branched us off, right? We, we, you know, you would, you would get to the top by the work that you did, right? And so we were so constantly being specialized in our area, right? And... Um, when I got into the kingdom of heaven, I began to learn you want to be a generalist, right? You need to learn to, to spread out and work with others. And so I had to learn how to stop taking my own ability to get it done. And that's very hard. And and I, that's one of the things interesting about Jacob. You notice about Jacob, he was always trying, he would try to do it on his own, right? Always, constantly come up with ideas. And of course, Laban started doing it on him. And I like that prayer that uh, Jacob said, and I think it was in Genesis 32, where he came before the Lord He said, man, Lord, I understand now this vision that you've given Abraham and Isaac. I understand what it means now to me. He says, Lord, I'm not worthy of this vision. Now, he wasn't trying to say him, like he's a worm or something like that. He's beginning to realize he can't do it on his own. He's beginning to realize he needs the Lord, right? And so we've got to humble ourselves when we come before the Lord. And I think one of the big things is is don't overestimate your faith. We can't overestimate our faith, right? We got to understand where we are in the situation. There's been times when I've been in a situation where I say, "Lord, I oh, I need to get back with you, Lord. I need to be quiet. I need to wait before I respond to the situation. I need to wait before I speak to the situation." Okay, because right now I'm not. In a place where I'm qualified to speak right now. I think about Jairus when he told Jesus, come lay your hands on her and she'll be whole. And then all of a sudden someone comes and says, hey, now your daughter's dead. And Jesus hears it right away. And once you tell him, hey, don't get into fear, right? You're in that spot right there where your faith can start waving. Don't get into fear, right? You just believe what you said and she shall be whole. So I, I remember those things when I start thinking about my faith. All right, Lord, wait a second. I got to make sure I'm Got myself to where I'm in the position so that like a boxer, when he throws a punch, man, when you speak to that mountain, you believe when you release those words that it's going to come to pass. So I like what Jesus did when they came up to him and he's writing on the ground, right? They got that woman caught in the act of adultery. They're in his face, man. They're pressuring him to come out with a response. So he waited to say something, right? He, he got to a point to where he was ready. Now he's ready. He had to hear something from the Holy Spirit. Now he gets up and he speaks it, Right. And so that's how the things responded. So I can't overestimate the enemy either. Man, that happens so many times. It's easy to come in here and say, yeah, man, yeah, you know, I'm healed and all that. When I haven't been spending any time with the Lord, I haven't been practicing. I haven't been doing my, you know, I haven't been in the Word, you know. And then you get faced with something. And um, so what we want to do is we want to humble ourselves before the Lord. So we're going to have to do what's next in verse 7. We're going to have to cast that care upon him. Because he cares for you. So what I started doing, this this is me, okay? I started taking my hands and cupping them like this. And I started to go like this in my prayer time with the Lord. Lord, oh man, I'm filling this up with all my minds racing 100 miles an hour. I'm putting all these things in here, okay? I'm taking this care. Here you go, Jesus. I'm handing this thing over to you, man. Hey, I ain't doing this on my ability. I'm watching my words. You give me the words to speak to this situation, and I'll speak it, okay? That's what I'm waiting for, okay? I don't have to do it right away. I can wait, right? I mean, you don't have to come out with a word that second. Just wait a second, you know? Just right word at the right time, right? What we we're talking about in Proverbs 15, the right word in the right season, Right? How good that word is. So I'm gonna make sure now I put the right word at the right time. So it's not uncommon now to sit me, to see me kind of stand around before I give a response. And I'm like, man, Jesus, how do you want me to respond to this? Or how should I respond to this? Or what does the word say about this when I respond? So how do you know where your faith is when you get challenged? That's when you know your faith where your faith is at, right? And the Holy Spirit showed me a push-up one time. I, I, I ask the Lord to explain things to me so that I can understand. Because sometimes I'll read them and I'll I'll get the knowledge. But it's like I I need to know. I want the wisdom of it, right? And so I I think of a guy doing a push-up, right? and he's standing there, and he's holding it, and he's doing his push-ups, right? And he's doing it. Well, sooner or later, there's going to be, they're going to, the arms are going to start shaking, and they're going to get tired. So I think of me on one side and the devil on the other, and I say, come on, devil. How much you got, man? What do you got, brother? Look at that. I got Jesus, you know, because that's what he said in in Isaiah, right? In chapter 40, he gives strength to the weary, right? Those that have no might, he increases their power and strength. It's like, I'm going to outlast you, devil. I get excited about that. It's like, come on, devil. I mean, I can boast in the Lord. That's what Paul does. He boasted in the Lord. I'm boasting in me. I'm boasting on him, right? So one word from God can change your life. And that's what Pastor Justin had came out of him when he was praying. One word from God, man. It'll change your life. Oh, man. So the presence of God is powerful because we can get that word. I'd like to give a testimony. Um, When I first came here, Pastor Justin remembers this. I got out of the Air Force, right? I'm going into the ministry. But I had this vision three times that I had to come learn some stuff, right? Three times I had this vision. There's these people on these desks. There's a seat on the end. I'm supposed to sit on the end of this chair and take a test. I ain't ready for this test yet, Lord, right? And three times I had this thing. All right, I get it, Lord. So I I need to do some training. I need to do some growing here before the Lord wants me to release and go out and do some things. So I was like, all right. And so he has me come here. Well, about five months after I get here, okay, I get what you could technically call I was accused of of lying. I was accused of of saying I made a certain amount of money thinking that I was making more money. Um, And I don't want to get too much into it because I don't want to glorify the devil. But the bottom line was that someone accused me of fraud. And they were taking me to court and presenting me before a judge. And the way it was going to happen was because the Holy Spirit showed me how to do this, I had to take a Wednesday night off. The Lord, he had me stay home. I was praying, I was fasting. My my wife came and I had to stay home. And it was that time that I was just praising the Lord and was just getting along with him when he showed me what was going on. And so uh, I went, you know, the court case happened. And the bottom line was, if I was going to lose this court case, I was going to have to quit, leave here, and go back and get a full-time job because the money that I was making was a lot of money. And the money that I was providing for this certain situation was a pretty high amount. Well, now it's been cut. So not only has my money been reduced by half, but the money that I was providing was reduced by half. Well, they're used to living on that big amount of money that they were getting, right? Well, now they want more, so they think I'm lying. They think I'm, you know, I got out of the Air Force and I'm doing all these things and I'm keeping all this money to myself in the ministry. And so, um, man, I I come in and pray with Pastor Justin, man. I mean, you you get around the right people, right? Who do you hang out with is a big, big thing, right? So I need someone who's going to come in faith with me. Not someone who's going to pity with me, but someone who's going to release their faith with me. So bright and early in the morning, man, the gate's open. Somehow the lock was open. It hadn't been an angel maybe, but I was sitting here at the door. Nobody was here, and I was just sitting there praising praising the Lord and just praying, waiting. And uh, so we go before the judge. Do you know what the judge did? I proved that I was innocent. I, everything was there. I had all the paperwork, everything, everything to prove it. The judge decides to wait 30 more days so that the opposition can get more time to build a stronger case. I said, you got to be kidding me, right? So that's when I stayed home and started praying, praying to the Lord. And that's what Pastor Justin Like, what happened? Well, it's been extended, you know? And so... The Holy Spirit gave me a download on what to say and what to do. And the bottom line is, is I wound up winning that. And the Holy Spirit told me exactly what was going on. He even told me where the um, where the law was in this, for the state of Ohio. I'll just tell you that. Where that law was that was trying to be implemented against me. I was like, wow. And then I started doing my research and started doing a case study. And the Lord told me when I was doing this. I'm telling you what to do, but you ain't a lawyer. So don't think the Lord's going to make you a lawyer one day that's not what i'm doing i'm just showing you how to present a case and how to do this right so i said yes sir lord you know and so man i I put all kinds of scriptures in that petition that i brought so i wrote a petition right and brought a legal petition and i wound up winning that but i really learned a lot of stuff in that that when the pressure is on you know and it it seemed like there was no end i i was just like "Ah, it's been a long time since i've been in a pressure situation like that but i came before the lord and uh, thank thank you, Lord, that God doesn't, faith doesn't move by feelings. Faith moves by what your mouth says and what comes out of you when you speak it. And um, there were many times that I could have given in, but I didn't. So I just want to thank the Lord. And there's one other testimony I want to give you. I think you guys will like this because I heard this from a man of God. And I just thought this was so great about the environment that you're in, Right. Because cause what you absorb is what's going to come out of you, right? I used a sponge one time when I was talking in here, right? What, does what a sponge absorb? Whatever you give it. And then when you squeeze that thing, that's what comes out of it, right? <clears throat> this guy said, this minister had this white suit on, and he was in West Virginia. And so some of the guys that went to the church to listen to him speak, wanted to invite him out to a coal mine. He said, man, I've never been in one. I want to go down and see a coal mine, right? So he shows up to this coal mine, and he goes to go down inside this coal mine. Well, the guys start laughing at him. said, uh, Reverend, you might want to take your jacket off, at least your jacket, but you don't want to go down in that white suit. That's a coal mine, you know? It's going to get dirty. He says, no, 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 it's all right. I won't bump up against anything, you know? I won't touch anything, okay? So these guys keep trying to convince him, don't do this. Don't go down. You're going to ruin your suit, right? No, no, it's all right. I got this, guys. I'm not going to touch anything. I ain't going to do anything. So he goes down inside that coal mine. And sure enough, man, he doesn't touch anything. He walks around. He's so careful. He don't touch anything, right? But he comes back up. What color do you think his white suit is now? It's, yeah, it's a dark gray color. And he learned something from the Lord. He said, you know, the environment that you're in is going to affect you no matter how hard you try. And so I learned that from the Holy Spirit when that man of God said that. I was just like, Lord, thank you for that. I'm so glad that guy experienced that and ruined his suit. But But it was very powerful to me because we're supposed to hold fast, right? And when we, the Bible says in in Hebrews 4 verse 11, right, when we labor to enter into that rest, right, it's in that rest. Oh, it's in that rest where you hear from God. Now I can hold fast. Now I can stand. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you so much, Jesus. Thank you so much, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Because we heard from your word tonight. I just thank you so much, Jesus. We are fighting the good fight of faith, Lord. This is a wonderful body of believers in the name of Jesus. And I heard you so passionately today, Father, say this. I need them. Tell them, I need them in the name of Jesus. Without them, how is my fruit going to be produced in this earth? Without them, how is my name going to be magnified? Without them, how can I show my love? How can I show my manifestation in the earth? Without them fighting the good fight of faith. Without them taking the cause. Without them attending to my word. Without them guarding what's in them. Laying hold to that possession that's on the inside of them. Without them knowing how much that I love them. Oh, man, without this, how can I do this? How can I reach them? You are my body. You are my legs. You are my fingers in the name of Jesus. You're what I'm using. That person that you walked down the street, that person might never, ever get the opportunity to hear from the Lord. You might be the only chance. So I thank you, Father, for your words in Jesus' name that have resonated today. I just thank you so much, Father. Because this is a beautiful body of believers in Jesus' name. And I know deep down on the inside, we're all fighting the good fight of faith. And I know, Father, we've laid hold, Father, and now we're holding fast. We're telling the devil, nuts, in the name of Jesus, nuts. You know, And we're giving the devil a black eye because we're going to speak the name of Jesus. We're going to walk in the name of Jesus. We're going to think the name of Jesus. This is days of glory, days of flourishing, days of abounding. The blessing of God is on our life. It empowers us to prosper. The favor of God is on our life. It produces opportunities. It makes it happen in Jesus' name. So I thank you for this wonderful body of believers. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you so much. And thank you, everybody.